John chapter 3. We'll read from verse 12. Can I have some volume on the monitors, please? Praise the Lord. All right, John chapter 3 from verse 12. It says, If I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you heavenly things? It says, No man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. Praise the Lord. And you remember last week we um, we got stuck there for a bit, right? Hey, come on. Are you alive? Why are you all looking like... Did you get bad news this morning? So, praise the Lord. Uh, just wanted to be sure you were alive. Okay. Because it says, let everything that had bread praise the Lord, right? Now, so we got stuck here talking about um, the communication of that man, Jesus. Amazing thoughts. But we'll go further. It says, and no man had ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. Verse 14. I want us to read verse 14, verse 15, verse 16, and verse 17 together. One to go. What does it say? Even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. One more time, read it again, verse 15. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. One more time. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Verse 16. Let's read together. Okay, you know what it means when it says only begotten, right? Or you have an idea of what it means when it says only begotten. If you have read the book, you will understand perfectly. Because an entire chapter is dedicated to explaining that. Only begotten does not mean only child. Because some people say only begotten, then it means... And then later it became first begotten. That's all nonsense. Um, But you can study it for yourself. It says that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. Whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Say with me, whosoever, including the Boko Haram guys. You may not like them, but whosoever. The Bible says that God was in Jesus Christ reconciling the world of sinners unto himself. Including that person that he said, fall down and die, whosoever. <laughs> It says, whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And I explained to you that life here refers to the quality of life. It's referring to the quality of life, not the longevity of life. Everybody lives forever. Everybody, including the sinner. Everybody lives forever. Everybody. I told you, life cannot be destroyed. Just in the same way, energy cannot be destroyed. It's only transformed into another form. Praise the Lord. And so he says, whosoever believeth in him. So the looking of the Old Testament is the believing of the New Testament. This is important. The looking of the Old Testament. You know, because people have asked, how do I look 
How do I look? And I really want you to follow me this morning because you're going to be so blessed. Jesus compared their looking to, with the physical eyes to the serpent that was placed upon that pole um, to you believing in the New Testament. So what their looking did for them is what your believing does for you. Are you following this? Now, follow the thought here. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life, eternal life. Verse 17. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world. Go quickly to Hebrews chapter 11. Um, I want to show you something. Why Jesus is different. Why Jesus is different. Hebrews 11 verse 7. And I want you to listen carefully to this. It says, By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with reverential fear, prepared an act to the saving of his own house, by the which he condemned the world. Do you see that? He says he built an ark, but his act of faith condemned the world. They were destroyed, judged of God. But Jesus came. And the Bible says, God sent not his son to condemn the world. So the more evil the world is, the greater the mercy the world will see. It's important. The darker the world, the more terrible the world is. You know, God swore that he wouldn't destroy the world again with flood right after Noah. You remember that? He said, I'd never do this again. I'd never do this again. And that rainbow that reminds us of the love, the compassion, the mercy of God is figurative of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He brings color into your life, not destruction, not perishing. All the spectrums of colors. He brings beauty, grace, and glory into your life. Praise the Lord. And that's why I tell people, when you say yes to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, you ought to live a life of virtue and glory. There's nothing virtuous about sickness. There's nothing virtuous about lack, want. There's nothing. You can have it all. Did you hear what I said? You can. But it says, he that believeth. That's the principle. He that believeth. Good. You still here? Second Corinthians. Look and live, my brother, live. Look to Jesus and live. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. It says, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perishes, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For a light affliction which is but for a moment worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal width of glory. It says, now I want us to read verse 18 together. One to go. What does it say? While we look not at the things which are sin, 
but are the things which are not seen. Now, before you go further, I want us to look at that statement. Why we look not at the things which are seen. So Paul assumes that we can look at unseen realities. It's an ability given to us of God. God said to Abraham, he said, lift up your eyes. He says, as far as your eyes can see. Now, question, and, and this is very important, very important that you think about it. If Abraham were to be blessed to the measure of his optical sight, he couldn't have seen so far. Even if you have 20-20 vision, there's just so far you can see. But we are here today, children of Papa A.B., why is that the case? Because he saw you. He saw. The Bible tells us how far he saw. In Romans the fourth chapter. It says that Abraham became heir of the world. God willed the entire world to Abraham. Because he saw the world. This is important. Your, Hebrews 11. Let's go back there again. I was trying to get something across to you on Wednesday. But the projector guys... Um, didn't give us that reference. So I want to give it to you. And it will bless you. Look at Hebrews 11 from verse 8. It says, By faith Abraham when was called out to go into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance obeyed. He went out not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise. As in what? A strange country. Dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. He says, he dwelt, go back to verse 9. He, he stayed, sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac. Now, this was the land of promise. How come he was dwelling there as in a strange country? Because what he had seen was bigger than what he was walking in. His sight was bigger than that. And so he wasn't... Now, I want you to observe the word. He says, dwelling in tabernacles, not houses. Tabernacles. Temporary dwelling places. Because this is not my rest. Dwelling in tabernacles. The Greek word means something you just put together for a temporary stay. At the best, just a few months. He didn't build a house. Why was that the case? If these was the physical land promise. Because he had seen beyond that first promise. God had told him, your seed will inherit Canaan. Observe this. God never told him, you will inherit Canaan. It was his seed that he said will inherit Canaan. Your seed coming after you. What did God say to Abraham? He said, lift up your eyes as far as you can see. And now he was staying in that land of promise. And he won't build a house. They were on the move. The Bible tells us in verse 10. I'm trying to show you that you can live beyond this world. You can live beyond this world. You can live beyond this world. You know, somebody gets a phone call and the next thing is tears. Oh, this this is so bad. You can live beyond this world. I'm going to show you in a bit. Because God has designed you to function in partnership with him. Partnership with him. It's not designed it exclusive of you. The system does not work exclusive of you. It requires your involvement. Your life is your choice. The character of your life is your choice. It's your doing. If you're broke, you chose to be. 
I know people may not like that, but that, that doesn't change anything. If you're sick, you chose to be. It's a choice. The ones who the serpent beat and they died, it was their choice. Because he told them, if you look, you will leave. But as long as they concerned themselves with the biting serpent, they died. Glory to God. I made up my mind long ago as a young man, long ago as a teenager, I will never know failure. Made up my mind long ago. I will never know failure. You know, when we talk like this, people think you're proud. We're not. (laughs) We just know what we have received of God. Are you still with me? Praise the Lord. Say this, my life is my choice. Say it again, my life is my choice. Where did I tell you to turn to? Huh? Go back to 2 Corinthians 4. Uh, well, let's finish Hebrews 11. <laughs> let's finish. Put it up on the screen, verse 10. Put it up on the screen. Let, let's finish um, Hebrews um, 11. Hebrews 11. It says, For he looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. That's beautiful. That's the church of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. He was looking for it. That's what Jesus said. He said, Abraham sought to see my day and he saw it. That's what Jesus said to them. He said, Abraham sought to see my day and he saw it. These were men of sight. Do you understand what I'm saying here? These were men of sight. People rejoiced about these things. They said, we're building tabernacles here. This is not it. There's a bit more. There's something on the horizon. There's something God has shown me. What has God shown you? There's something God has shown me. Now go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 14. Chapter 4, sorry. It says, while we look not at the things which can be seen with the optical eyes, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are fleeting, temporary, subject to change, but the things which are not seen are worth eternal. Good. Now let's read that in a more recent translation. Do you have any recent translation you can give to us from verse 16 very quickly? Okay, it says, <laughs> there's far more here that meets the eye. It says, the things we see now are here today, gone tomorrow. But the things we can't see now will last forever. Now, I want you to read from verse 16. I said from verse 16. From verse 16. I want to give the context. Verse 16. It says, for which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Verse 17. You see why? You should never in your life, be tempted to be envious of anybody. I told you last Sunday, it's only the blind that is envious. It's only the blind that is envious. These hard times are small potatoes. <laughs> Glory to God. Hey, say we mean small potatoes. <laughs> Compared to the coming good times, the lavish celebration prepared for us. Glory to God. You, you want to just write it there. Small potatoes in your room. Small potatoes. And they ask you, what is the meaning of small potatoes? You say, don't worry. Small potatoes. I like it. Let's look at the um, amplified version. The women's Bible. Plenty word. Let's look at it. Second Corinthians chapter 4 verse 16. Um, Therefore we do not become discouraged, spiritless, disappointed or afraid. Though our outer self is progressively wasting away. Yet our inner self is being progressively renewed day by day. Next verse. It says, for our momentary light distress, this passing trouble. 
is producing. Say we may pass in trouble. Passing. Say we may pass in trouble. Say we may pass in trouble. Look at the person beside you. It is passing. It's passing. <laughs> it's passing. He says it's producing for us an eternal weight of glory. A fullness. Glory to God. A fullness beyond all measure. Surpassing all comparisons. A transcendent splendor. And an endless blessedness. Can you say amen? I like it. So me a fullness. It says beyond all measure. Look at what he says. Go back. Go back. Beyond all measure. Surpassing all what? Comparisons. A transcendent splendor. And an endless blessedness. This is your end. This is your end. This is your end. Then he says in verse 18. For we look so, so we look. You see that? Because we know this. We look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are unseen. For the things which are visible are temporal, just brief and fleeting. But the things which are invisible are what? Everlasting and imperishable. Glory to God. So we have the ability to contemplate unseen realities. And live in that place as though it were with us now. We have that ability. We have that ability. Glory to God. We have that ability. Now go to Second Peter. Second Peter. Now remember what Jesus said. He said, the same way Moses, was li- Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so shall the Son of Man be lifted upright. And he that believeth on him shall have everlasting life. So the looking with their optical eyes on the serpent on the pole um, equates to your believing with your heart. Okay. I love what Katrin Kuhlman said. Don't you all just love Katrin Kuhlman? She's such a blessed woman of God. I love what she said. Um, our organist walked up to her and said, what is fate? Some of you may have read it. said, what is fate? And Katrin, I think, gave the best definition of fate I ever heard. She said, fate is when you stop believing what you're seeing and you start seeing what you're believing. I love it. I love it. You should be writing that down. <laughs> My goodness. She said, fate is when you stop believing what you're seeing. She says, when you stop believing what you're seeing and you start seeing what you're believing, that is fate. I agree completely with her. When you stop believing what you're seeing, the doctor says, well, you got this, you got that, you got this, you got that. He said, faith is when you stop believing what you're seeing and you start seeing what you're believing. Glory to God. I don't know, that blessed me in no small measure. That blessed me so much. I mean so much that I, I spent most of the night just thinking about it. When I stop believing what I'm seeing and I start seeing what I am believing that is faith. So what is the fight of faith? To see what you believe. That's the fight of faith. And to keep that image as true with you. That's the fight of faith. It's a fight. Because your senses will say otherwise. Your world may say otherwise. Your circumstance may say otherwise. Everything around you may say otherwise. But here's the fight. That we're going to see only what we have believed. Glory to God. 
Now go to Second Peter. I want you to see this. From chapter chapter 1 of Second Peter, from verse 2. It says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Can you say amen? amen. What a life if grace and peace be multiplied unto you. It says, grace and peace be multiplied. Come on, say this, grace and peace is multiplied unto me. It says, grace and peace. You know, many people don't know how to pray the right prayers. All the people chasing me, they will not see me in Jesus' name. That's a stupid prayer. Because, did you ever read what David said about those who were chasing him? Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. You, it's dogs that are chasing you in your dream. I love what a dear preacher said. He said, if you sleep and you have a dream and dogs are chasing you, the name of one is goodness, the name of the other is mercy. It's your choice. If you see two masquerades chasing you, name them. One is goodness, one is mercy. Because the Bible says goodness and mercy shall follow you. One translation says, run and overtake you. I don't know where you live. I don't know where people live. It's, um, they say, they say it's, a dog is chasing me, a masquerade is chasing me. I'm wondering, many times it's because you've slept too much or you've watched too much African magic. Do you realize that when you oversleep at the time you ought to be prayed, you start having nightmares, torment from the devil. Many dreams is a product of oversleeping. That's why somebody says, Pastor, come and interpret my dream. I ask, how long did you sleep? You know, there are people who think pastors should interpret dreams. Dreams are very useless, except there's a direct message immediately. If you, have to, if you have to go ask for the meaning, that's nonsense. Why would God speak to you and then tell you to go and ask another person for interpretation of what he's saying? When his people had dreams, they understood. It was when those who were not his covenant people had dreams, they called his people to interpret. When Joseph had a dream, he understood. Dream interpretation is for unbelievers. Yes, sir. Did I just change something? I'm so sorry about that. But you can fight the word of God. I'm sorry. I just destroyed somebody's ministry. <laughs> Somebody says, I have a gift of interpreting dreams. It's nowhere in the Bible. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Oh, I had a dream. They were chasing me. They were chasing me. They were chasing me. They were chasing you to destiny. Yeah. <laughs> they are chasing you to destiny. Whoa. I had a dream. They gave me food to eat. Was it spicy? <laughs> because you should have eaten it well. 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 Praise the Lord. Because how, can, how can you say they should eat in the dream? <laughs> Every food they give me in the dream is powerful. Very powerful. Very powerful. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The devil, listen, let me, let me explain. In your matter, the devil has lost. Do you understand? Stop giving him power. Stop giving him power. He tries you with food. You say, have food. He says, everything, including what is offered to the idols, if your conscience is strong, is good for eating. It's, Paul said it. He said, the only reason you should not eat it is because of the weak brother. So you don't offend his conscience. But if your conscience is strong, you have come to maturity. They say they offered this to Ifa. You say, I'm hungry, give me. 
I had a friend growing up. We used to eat. <laughs> I won't see anything. One day I watched a documentary, a BBC documentary. All those sacrifices you people take to bar beach. It's the beach boys that eat it. It was a BBC documentary. The boys just wait and then when the people leave, they carry the food and they eat it. And you think you've offered to the God. You say, the gods have eaten my food. Beach boys ate your food. And they are fine. Many of them will give their lives to Christ in 20 years. And you, you are wasting money. Oil. Oil that's very proteinous. You are giving it. Oil and egg. And you know that egg one. That's why people say, I can't share egg with anybody. Africa has serious superstitious problems. It's amazing. See, they offered it to the idol so I cannot eat it. Paul said, eat it. Lift it up with thanksgiving that this is provision I never expected. Expected, Eat it. <laughs> Glory to God. Second Peter chapter 2. It says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us how many things? All things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. I want you to read verse 4. That's where I'm going to. Verse 4. It says, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature. Do you see that? He says, now, hold on, hold on. Do you have the divine nature? Yes. But he says, by these exceeding great and precious promises, you become a participator, a partner. Okay, let's read that in the um, message translation. Can, can you give me... These in the message translation, verse 4. He says, We were also given absolutely terrific promises to pass on to you your tickets to participation in the life of God. Now, you have the life of God, but He gives you tickets to participate in it. In essence, I can participate in working a miracle. That's why he didn't call it a bequeeting of a miracle. He called it working of a miracle. To work it means that there are two ends to it. Somebody is doing something about it. Okay. Look at this. Galatians, the third chapter. I want to show you this. Galatians, the third chapter. Galatians, chapter 3. Galatians, chapter 3. Chapter 3. Chapter 3. Chapter 3. He says in verse 5. He says, He therefore that ministered to you the Spirit... And does what? Walketh miracles amongst you. Who's he referring to? The minister. The minister of God. He says, he that ministers the spirit to you. And walketh miracles amongst you. How does he do it? By the works of faith of, of the law. Or by the communication of faith. How does he do it? Now, so he says, he walks miracles. It's like, oh, we got a problem with this speaker. And you get an artisan to come fix it. Now, remember this. The artisan did not make the speaker. But he walks in participation with the one who made the speaker to fix it. You don't always get the one who made the car to fix your car. But the one who made your car gets into participation with um, a mechanics and all the rest, automobile engineers who now fix your car when there's a problem. God made your life. Do you understand what I'm saying here? He ordered it. He planned it. Now, what does he do? By these great and exceeding precious promises. Your, your promises are the spanners, the screwdrivers, oh my goodness, the screwdrivers, the hammers. He gives it to you and he says, fix your life. You fix it. 
participators in the divine nature. We have become participators. Gives us the ability to work with him. Do you understand what I'm saying here? So what will be will not be is what we make happen that will be. Participators in the divine nature. I would to God I could get this across to you. Participators in the life of God. The life of God. Hey, come on. Go back to the message translation. I want you all to read it. I want you all to read it. My goodness. He says, we were also... You see, why I, I, I wouldn't be sick. You see, why I wouldn't be broke. You see, why I wouldn't fail. Why? If I can find the promises and believe it, I shall live. Glory to God. Because he says, he that looketh shall live. He that believeth shall have life. Shall not perish. He says, we were also given absolutely terrific promises. Terrific. So what is the first responsibility? Look for the promises. That's how you begin to see. Because we're not talking about imagination. We're not talking about you cooking up something for yourself. We're not talking about ambition. We're talking about visions of the spirit impressed with the word of God. He shows you what your life ought to be. Gives you a picture of your future. Are you hearing this here? And then he tells you, that's not going to happen because God said it. Listen, Abraham didn't possess the world because God said he will possess it. Abraham didn't own the world because God said, I've given it to you. Why did he get it? He says, as far as your eyes can see, that is what I give unto you. So he became a participator in the process. A partner in the process. Now he tells you. He says, you've gotten your tickets. Oh, boy. Let me ask you a question. Noel, how many tickets do you have? Have you found them? Your tickets. Some have gotten their ticket to health, but they haven't gotten it for prosperity. You see that? Kate Moss said something. He said, haven't worked with Brother Hagen for over a decade. And every single day except Sunday, they had healing school. Every day except Sunday. And morning, they'll have a prayer seminar. And in the evening, they'll have evening school. Every day. He said, if you're in prayer seminar in the morning and healing school in the evening for 10 days, you can't be sick. I agree. Except, except they've gotten you finally. Yeah, you can't be sick if you keep hearing God's word that way. But just being in that environment just inoculates you. I mean, totally immunizes you from sickness. But he found out that he was broke. Because he has gotten his ticket for this, but had not gotten the other one. And everybody, hey, come on, tickets are not free. I'll show you something. Tickets are not free. So seeing it in the Bible does not mean you've gotten your tickets. Are you getting what I'm saying here? Say, some, say to somebody, I'm getting tickets. 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 You know, the man with a lot of money may not be able to go to the destination even though he has money. It's the man with the tickets that goes. Do you understand? He may have all the money to purchase the ticket, but if it's finished, he's not going there. And the other man may have no money, but he's got the ticket. Do you understand what I'm saying here? You are only as wealthy as your tickets. Do you get what I'm saying here? Your, your measure, the value of your life is, what are the tickets you've got? What are the tickets you've got? The pastor can get you a ticket. What are the tickets you've got? Read this with me. He says, whereby? He says, we were. Now, let's read it, and I want you to personalize it. It says, I, I was also. 
given. Absolutely. Terrific. Promises. Let me give an example. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. (laughs) If I shall not, I can't. Do you understand? And so if there is want or lack in your life, get on the job. Get on the job. Get on the job. And David said this as a shepherd boy, not as a king. (laughs) So it wasn't his position that determined his confession. Do you understand what I'm saying here? Because if you were a king and he said, he would say, well, but you have all the treasury of the nation at your beck and call. He was a shepherd boy. And that shepherd boy had sheep with him everywhere. And he was saying, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He made me laugh. He was declaring things that even those who were in the king's palace were not declaring. (laughs) Do you understand what I'm saying here? Because he had seen something. Look at this. He says, I was also given absolutely terrific promises. He says, my ticket to participate in the life of God. I made up my mind to participate. You know, nobody, it's an invitation. It's an invitation. You can choose and say, well, this country is hard. It's okay. But some of us are answering that call to participate in that life. Do you understand what I'm saying here? That's why what you hear really matters. There are those who go to church every Sunday. Condemnation is what they hear. That's all they hear. They hear four steps to success, inspiration, motivation. That's not a ticket. You see, positive thinking is not the word of God. There's a difference between positive thinking and faith. One is rooted in revelation. The other is rooted in optimism. Christianity is not optimistic. Christianity is not being positive. Someone says, well, positive thinking, if you think positive, then you get positive. Many positive thinkers did not get no positive. They didn't get it. Why? Because the power is not in optimism. The power is in the word of God. Glory to God. And you can be optimistic for all you care. Doesn't change nothing. Can we see this in the um, Passion Translation? Can we look at this verse 4? Now, remember that word tickets. Say with me tickets. Say tickets. It says, as a result of this, he has given you magnificent promises that are beyond all price. So that through the power of these tremendous promises, you can... Experience partnership with the divine nature. Do you see that again? Experience partnership, participation. That's important. You must never miss out on that. Participation. So I can participate with him to get wealthy. Do you get what I'm saying here? I can participate with him never, never in my life to no failure. It's a participation. He's given you the promises as your ticket to participate in it. And what you have is how much you have participated. There are many people participating in debt. I'm just going to crash. I'm just going to, I'm just, (laughs) they're participating in debt. By the way, this is important and you need to get it. When you pray evil for your enemy, it's you it comes on. That's what the Bible teaches it says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Go and read the context. The context is as you think about, not what you think about yourself. I, I would to God they could put it up the screen and I'll show you the context. Many preachers have preached you lies from hell. You see, as you think, if you think of yourself wealthy, you'll be wealthy. It's a lie. That's not what Solomon said. 
Solomon said, if somebody calls you to eat, be careful. Be careful. Of, you don't know what he's thinking of you. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. It's not the food he has asked you to eat. The gesture does not determine him. What he really is, is what he has said concerning you. What he has thought concerning you. Look at it. <laughs> For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drinks yet he to thee. But his heart is not with you. So when people say things, can you give me verse 6? Go to verse 6. Go to verse 6. It says, Eat thou not the bread of him that hath an evil eye, neither desire thou his dainty meats. So he's talking about the one with an evil eye, not the believer. As a man thinketh in his heart, he's not you he's talking to. I know some of you are even tired of this church. Like, <laughs> you're like, okay, so, so we should not believe that one again. Well, look at the Bible for yourself. I didn't say you shouldn't believe it. Look at the scriptures for yourself. He says, now I understand that you can extrapolate and it, it won't do much harm if you, <laughs> if you use it to refer to yourself. I mean, there's really nothing wrong in saying as I believe in my heart. There's nothing wrong. But I'm trying to get across to you that the, hear this and never forget it. The greatest, the greatest thoughts, the thoughts that have the greatest power over you are the thoughts projected towards another man. The, great, the thoughts that have the greatest power over your life are the thoughts that you project to another. So if you say to them to die, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you wish evil for the other person and you're praying good for yourself, forget the good you're praying for yourself. Forget it. Because the Bible tells us, go back to verse 6. It says, do not eat the bread of him that hath an evil eye, neither desire thou his dainty meats. Next verse, verse 7. For as this man thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, yet he to thee, but his heart is not with you. Next verse. Thinking changes the, 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 the most every time has eaten shall. <laughs> you shall vomit it up and lose thy sweet words. So you can see he was referring to something specific. Praise the Lord. Are you still okay? I'm just asking, are you okay? Yes, sir. Say this, I'm okay, I'm okay. Yes, Say, Pastor, leave this one. I'm participating in divine nature. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's important because you, you can't wish evil for another person, even in prayer. You can't wish evil for another person and expect good to come to you. It's not possible. On the cross where they were killing Jesus, he was asking for their forgiveness. Who are you now? Have they killed you? Have they killed you? Suffice it that the servant be just as his master. Have they killed you? What have they, they slapped you? You say, Kai, that hand. <laughs> and by the way, do you realize that the love of God shed in your... What was the time? <laughs> the love of God shed in your heart should be redemptive. So what do I mean by redemptive? Should always lead the erring one back to Jesus. How do we know? Stephen. You know, it was Paul that was there when they were stoning Stephen. And Paul was the one who was assenting to him. He collected the letters, killed this man, Stephen. I hope you know who Stephen was. He was a man of God, great man of God. Much later, Paul comes to say, I am free from the blood of no man. That's another story. How can you kill Stephen? You were the one who collected letter, And you, the, you know boys, area boys, when they want to stone. 
They are like, ah, they got this stone. And this one, he said, give me your coat, give me your coat. Collected all their coats, put it here. Was giving, you know, as yesterday, they were giving you water. They was giving them water, drink, stone well. <laughs> Go and read it. The Bible says, as they were stoning him, Stephen said, I see the heavens open. And the only time we are told that the Son of Man stood up, the only time he said, I see the heavens open, and the Son of Man standing. Jesus gave him a standing ovation for his action. What was his action? Because right there, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. If he had, remember this, the Bible says, whoever sins you retain, are retained. Whoever sins you forgive, are forgiven. If he had retained the sin of Saul, there would be no Paul. We owe the legacy of Paul to Stephen. But you, you are killing all your enemies. <laughs> Nobody is getting saved again because you are killing all of them. You are that powerful. Die! <laughs> how, how, how do you become so pernicious, so wicked, so one with Satan in thoughts to wish evil to another? There should be nothing else in your heart but goodwill towards all men. Nothing else. Nothing else in your heart. Okay, he collected your boyfriend. Ah, they will not marry well. <laughs> Let me tell you how God does it. They will marry well. They will burn twins twice. To pepper you. One time I was praying, the Lord said to me, he said, you cannot, listen, I'll never forget it. He said, you cannot transfer your enemies to me. That's what many people are trying to do, transfer their enemies to God. You know, God, God, I don't like this person. So you, have you seen people like that? If this person is not this person's friend and I'm your friend, then by extension, this person should not be my friend. Have you seen people like that? Very manipulative people. Say, so you're talking to him. You're talking to him. They will now tell you why they are no more talking to you. You're talking to him. You're talking to him. What do you mean? Was I there when you people fought? Say this, I'm full of the love of God. Say it again. I've got my tickets. You sure? You've got your tickets? Say this, I'm a participator in the divine life. Abraham, divine life. The life of God. Bringing it to bear on our everyday life. The life of God. No struggle. No sickness. No deaths. Do you understand what I'm saying? No confusion. No worries. No doubts. No anxieties. Always going forward. Flying higher. That's the life. That's the life. What he's saying is, God has given you the responsibility to manifest his life in human flesh. If God took on human flesh, he should look like you. Christianity is a responsibility. Are you following what I'm saying here? Hallelujah. Mm, 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 mm. Now let me just read you something more. Go to Isaiah very quickly. Isaiah chapter 54, I believe. Uh, just a second. That should be chapter 55. Pardon me. 54 is really holding and screaming in my spirit. <laughs> I love Isaiah 54, the message translation. I hope you've been there. That's the last scripture I gave you at the festival convention. You shall not be ashamed. You need a lot of elbow room for you take over nations. You all are looking at me like you never got your tickets. Because that's a ticket. Hallelujah. 
Did you get your tickets? So why are you looking at me like that? Because <laughs> you're like, what do you mean by elbow room? <laughs> you're going to need a lot of elbow room for your growing family. Did you read that in Isaiah 54? The message translation? That's a beautiful one. Now look at Isaiah 55 from verse 1. It says, Ho! <laughs> Looks like Christmas. Everyone that thirsted, come ye to the waters. And he that had no money, say with me, no money. Come ye, buy. How am I going to buy? And eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. <laughs> it says, wherefore do you spend your money for that which is not bread? And your labor for that which satisfied not. Hearken diligently unto me, and ye eat ye that which is good. And let your soul delight itself in what? Fatness. Now, let me quickly say this. Let me give an example. Brother Uche is very committed in church, right? Okay. Um, when did you return from um, your people? <laughs> Last weekend. Good. Last what? Last Sunday. Fantastic. And you were with us at the prayer, day of prayer yesterday, and then... Now you're back with the choir. That's some commitment, right? Good. Okay. But do you realize that if he continues to serve God that way, without doing the work that's expected of a believer, he will get angry and frustrated in God after a while. Because there are blessings faithfulness brings. 95% of them would be received in heaven. The ones on earth is faith. Are you following what I'm saying? Good. So, if your life would progress on earth, you cannot use service to God as a bargaining chip. That is why you find many people who are committed 10 years ago are angry with God now. They're angry with God. I've seen very anointed people. And you, you, you see, the anointing of God's spirit works in different ways. There are those who, um, and, and it's amazing, there are some folks who, it comes almost natural with them. In a sense, I don't know if you know folks like that. You wake them from the sleep and they sing the anointing of God's prayer. They don't have to pray. They are the most dangerous. They're in trouble without knowing it. And those kind of people, because they don't have to do so much to function in what God has given to them, it's, it's like the, the footballers. You have those who have to train so hard and they still get the job. You all know who I'm talking about. And then the one who's born with it, who is the king, do you understand, who is the goat, and, and all the rest... And, and, and you have them. Now, I remember in secondary school, yeah, I mean, thank God, God blessed me with some intellectual capacity. But I did have a friend of mine who's a pastor in the UK now, who uh, candidly, he was a genius. I mean, w- would sit down and try these things, and I knew, well, I, c- I couldn't stand him. Uh, 557 times 423, and in three seconds, he gives you the answer. I mean, he was such a genius. Now, but here I was, I was good, but not a genius. I knew that to thyself be true. <laughs> but I, I, I put him on the run. Now, he, he would read 30 minutes. All he had to do was sit down in the class, listen to the, the, the teacher, read 30 minutes, and he was good, and he would still come tops. I had to read four hours, five hours, and I probably would get two marks below him. And I used to be very angry with God. But one day we were walking back home from school and he said to me, he said, AJ, you know, if not for you, I won't be getting the grades I'm getting. You're the one putting me on my toes. I said, really? 
So I said, okay, I'll put you more on your toes. Well, I tried to catch up with him. Uh, but, but what am I trying to say? Is in the, in the work, your work with God, you have to separate the work you do from him, for him from your work with him. You have to. If you're not feasting on God's word and growing yourself, developing yourself, you'd be angry with God pretty soon. Because you'd say, God used you. The pastor used you. The church used you. Glory to God. And that's why you have to get your tickets for yourself. Do you realize that there are many people who are seated in church who are not in any department, who are making more spiritual growth and progress than those who are visible? Because they're hearing the word of God and taking it back home and working on it. But you, you are singing. Everybody is falling under the power. You are not reading the Bible. Continue. And those that are growing, I say, ha, man of God. When you sing like this, hey, he's growing. He has left you. But he's the one healing you. When you sing like this, and what is the proof of growth? Your life begins to measure up with the divine life. That's the proof of growth. Go, I don't know why you're showing me one eye. I said put scripture. You're showing me one eye. Put scripture. I don't know what you want to see in the eye. He <laughs> says, wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? And Listen, and I must stress this. I must stress this. Those of you that are working for God, they're getting visibility because don't exchange the accolades of men to assume that you're growing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Don't exchange it. Read the Bible, you're not reading. Read Christian materials, you're not reading. Listen to messages, you're not listening. The crash will be great because you're already a target. Before you're a minister, you're a Christian. Do you understand? Okay. And I'm talking to somebody. The Spirit of God is telling me there's somebody and you know yourself that is you I'm talking to. If you are, go and repent. Repent does not mean to be crying useless tears. It means to change your ways. Oh God, forgive me. Oh God, forgive me. And you still don't read the Bible. What is he forgiving you for? Have you seen a child that says, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But he's still going to do what he's saying I'm sorry for. Has he repented? (laughs) Repent. Return. Pent to the top. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me. Eat ye. So what, what do you spend? Attention. Hearken diligently. Eat ye that which is good and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Verse 3, quick. It says, incline your ear. Come unto me. Hear and your soul shall live. Do you see that? Hear and your soul shall live. Go back to verse 1. 55 verse 1. He says, everyone that tasted, he says, everyone that is hungry and everyone that is thirsty. So what is the price for your ticket? Hunger and thirst. Hunger and thirst. Voraciously reading through the word with hunger and with thirst, looking for what he has said concerning you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Not casually, not read your Bible, pray every day if you want to grow. Voraciously. Because your life depends on it. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Glory to God. So what are you going to do this week? You're going to search the scriptures. For therein is your life. Did you hear what I said? 
Did you hear what I said? You are not reading the Bible. You are doing what? Searching the scriptures. That old school, Pastor Joe, can I have your Bible? That old school um, habit where you take one translation here. You have another Bible here. You have your concordance there. You have your digital material there. You have to get back to it. Do you understand what I'm saying here? All these nice things, you just open your iPad. That's what Pastor was saying. Glory to God. (laughs) You're not making no progress. Tell the person beside you, sit down and do the work. Sit down and do the work. Take your Bibles. Look through it. Somebody says, where do I start from? Start from what you're hearing. Start from there. Get the messages. Let me tell you how I started my Christian faith. Now, this may not be the characteristic message that sounds so powerful that you go international, but I'm your pastor. It's a pastoral message. I'm trying to tell you what to do with your life. How did I start? I didn't know how to start. I'd listened to my pastor. And when I was listening to him, any scripture he mentioned, I wrote it down. Including the one he just referenced. I would usually write whatever he said. He says, ho. He said, come. He said, test. I'll write everything. Because I know once I have at least three, I can search with my concordance and find it. Could take me an hour, but I was looking for it. Then I draw out my own outline. And I'm studying it for myself. It was such a blessing when on Wednesday, some of our brethren were sending me messages of their studies on the... I said, Beautiful. Beautiful. I was even blessed. I had not seen some of the things they were sharing with me. I said, that's lovely. That's growth. But some people heard it. This is the next time they are hearing something. No studies. No studies. There are folks who, the messages have been preached from the 1st of January, whatever it is, you haven't even heard it again. How are you going to grow? How are you going to grow? How are you going to participate in the divine life? You're taking it too casual. And you won't understand how important this is until trouble strikes and then it's too late. You won't understand. And then you start crying from pole to pole. You say, God forbid, God forbid to fiaka. It will not happen to me. It's not me he's talking to. Have you ever seen devil run because of God forbid? <laughs> Praise the Lord. If you fall in the day of adversity, your strength is small. You don't build strength in the day of adversity. It's in the day of peace you build strength. That's right. So read your Bible. Today, read three chapters. Did you hear what, I'm, what am I saying? Read five chapters today. You read three chapters. Do you understand what I'm saying? Read it. It will do something to your soul. Read it. For the first time in your life, Google, Google scriptures. Not Google, did Beckham play? Google scriptures. Google scriptures. Google it. Everything you need is on the internet. You Incline. Google the meaning of incline. Incline. Hebrew. Incline. Isaiah 55 verse 3. Google it. Start studying for yourself. Let light start coming to you. The pastor is not a chef coming to give you food every day. Say, oh yeah. It's not even jam. Then you go and look for another church. <laughs> you. Are you jamming? Have you even opened your own Bible? All right, so I'm pretty much that's all I have for you. God bless you. Thank you. We hope you have been blessed by this message. To be a part of any of our programs or services, visit our website, www.petrascc.org for our different locations and service times. We'd be happy to have you join our growing online community. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Petra Christian Center and on Twitter at Petra underscore CC. 
You can also reach us by email at correspondence at petracc.org or call us on plus 234-701-738-7222. Petra Christian Center, Building Jesus Communities Worldwide.